Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Ah, the rumor mills of the NBA offseason tomorrow night. The NBA draft. We will have it for you here on ESPN Radio. Goodness gracious. Ton of fun. It's 2 Tell New Honors, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, across the great state. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Tuesday afternoon. Now, fading into evening. Hope you are well. Thanks so much for being here with us. We appreciate that. If you missed anything in hour number one, listen on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and listen at your leisure. The podcast is available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, and it is there thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you want to pick up your phone and call, 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests. Join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line. And uh, if you'd like to listen live, you do so on the stream, which is available all the time, anytime. Just listen live. Whatever's going on on the radio, it's going on on your internet, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, I'm going to talk a little more Cat Grizz real quick before we get into this NBA You did want stuff. to talk something off the top here about, about Montana, Montana State football. Go so ahead. the number one segment we did it was about just some of the things that could be happening right now if it was Cat Grizz football week this week and the ramifications it would have from a state perspective, university perspective, football perspective, and how we thought both these teams were kind of on a collision course to be pretty darn good and the ramifications in terms of the success of the season would be huge in this game. But also maybe not season-ending because I think we both thought they would be in position to be in the playoffs, win or lose the Cacarys rivalry. But to me, the most striking part of what we've seen the last four years since Jeff Choate took over at Montana State has not necessarily been the baseline end result, but how the Bobcats have gotten there. 
we know that in the state of Montana, both the programs have for a long time been built on in-state kids. They've been built on toughness. They've been built on guys that have true passion for the programs that they play for. And a lot of those guys play positions like offensive line, defensive line, linebacker. Those are the spots where most prevalently Montana kids are going to thrive, even tight end, in the trenches, where where all the physical play most often happens. And you know when the Cats got a little traction in the rivalry in the early 2000s with Travis Lule as the quarterback, they were running a pretty up-tempo, pass-oriented offense. I mean, they had Ryan Elliott, who's one of the great running backs in Bobcat history, but Travis Lule was spreading it around to guys like Junior Adams and, and Ricky Gatewood and, and a bunch of other talented receivers. And the Cats were hitting you with this um, quick-hitting passing game more than anything. I mean, like the, the 2002 game where the Cats snapped the streak. It, it was Junior Adams taking a slant to the house for a touchdown. that ended up being the final margin of victory in mm-hmm. that game. And then you looked at what the Cats had in the early 2000, or 2010s, and it was you know Daenerys McGee and the efficient offense and you know, running it down your throat with Cody Kirk and Trey Robinson, but also just being able to convert crucial third downs. And they had the two-time Big Sky Player of the Year at quarterback. And so basically it's been some of the great quarterbacks the Big Sky has seen in the last 20 years in Travis Lane and Aris McGee. They were the key factors in Montana State coming out on top. Then when the Grizz were the ones coming out on top in the rivalry over the last 20 years, oftentimes it was Bobby Houck's teams just running the ball relentlessly right at the Cats. You know, the hard-hitting play of a bunch of in-state guys defensively they were playing for the Grizz. But we haven't seen, particularly in my time covering this rivalry, where one team thoroughly dominated the other team physically, particularly in the trenches, and particularly having the dominant team be Montana State and not Montana. There has mm-hmm. been years where Montana was that team that blasted the Cats off the ball and they run the ball down their throats. But I think it was shocking for people that are Grizz fans and Grizz followers to see the Bobcats run the ball early, often with authority like they did the last four years. I mean, it, 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 the, it started coming to fruition in 2016 when the Bobcats only threw two passes, or only completed, excuse me, two passes, and still were able to come to Missoula and get a 24-17 victory, even though they have a true freshman quarterback who's never played in the game. And then the following year, you know, the infamous blitz on third and long that lets Chris Murray rip off a long touchdown that basically opens up the floodgates for Montana State. And then in 2018, you're talking a couple deep passes to help spark the comeback, but mostly a concerted effort running the football. And then last year, it was just bulldoze city. Montana State did whatever they wanted in the run game. And the tail of the tape the last four years has been 350 yards rushing for the Bobcats, at least each of the last four Cacarys games. And I think that that's the number one place where Montana has to get by their footing within this rivalry. Not only is it unacceptable to lose to your rival for four years in a row, no matter which side you're on, but to have it happen where the Cats have had pretty subpar quarterback play the last four years. But it's not as if the Grizz are the only ones that have fallen victim to this. The Cats have proven that when it comes down to it, when it's go time, they can straight up say, we're going to run the ball down your throat over and over and over again. And more often than not, it works. But I just think that for a Bobby Houck coach team, that is the most humiliating way you can lose. And I think that's where Montana has to find its footing from a confidence standpoint. Regardless of what the end result is, you just have to figure out how to not let the Cats just run the ball straight down your throat. Yeah, in in 16 and 17, 350 yards in both those games on the ground plus – 
2018 was not as much. It was it was well over 200. But then last year, right at 400 yards yeah. on rushing uh, for for Montana State, and it's just like you know, like you said. I mean, it's 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 tough. And also, you you mentioned the way that you lose a game. I mean, losing a game, you, you know. Losing a rivalry game, no matter how it happens, is 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 terrible, you know. But there's something about look, you know, it was I don't know, it was 35-24 and you know, a relatively even game, and they got the better of it, you know, had a late score, or whatever it is, and and you know, this team beat this team, okay. When you lose a game when a quarterback completes two passes, including the second one effectively icing the game. Then you lose a game that you're way ahead in, and the other team scores 22 fourth quarter points, and then forces a fumble on the one. Right. And then you lose a game where you just—I mean—humiliated. I mean, just completely beaten down in every possible way and blown off the field. I mean, that's as—that's as bad a run of ways to lose as it can be. And Montana right now has experienced all of them consecutively, and and that is um, that is at, that adds to the distaste of this for Grizz fans, no question. And and uh and also now that there's not an opportunity this Saturday as there should be to, you know, to to change all of that in sixty minutes of football on a Saturday at noon. You know, the fact that that isn't, you know, there is uh is is just the worst for all of this. For everybody anyway. It's two tell nuan is one two nine ESPN radio. I want to take a moment and remind you all that right now we are in the middle of a really cool giveaway that we're excited about. We are giving away a pocket knife, pocket knife from RP Ellis Fine Jewelers. Now take note of where this is coming from, okay? Like a pocket knife, what is that? What do you, what do you mean? Well, it's it's not it is a pocket knife. In fact, it's as high quality a pocket knife as you can possibly get, so much so that it's really a showpiece. It's a William Henry pocket knife. It is handcrafted and i mean that very literally there is only one of these william henry's line of pocket knives are all individually made from very rare materials and there's no uh you know multiple styles or types if you get one of these it's the only one there is the particular one we're giving away you can see up on our website 10290spn.com uh the handle is uh, silver and turquoise very nice very kind of southwest feel to it the damascus steel that is the blade is is hand forged with multiple 13 15 18 layers of steel that is then sharpened down and you can see each layer of steel there's a sort of a a line along the side you can see the edges of this thing spectacular piece it's uh being given away it's it's, first of all it retails for over twenty eight hundred dollars so very you know again very high and very expensive uh uh a knife and we have it for you for fun because we like you because it's the holiday season we're going to give this away the week following uh, uh thanksgiving obviously thanksgiving is next week and then that next week we'll, we'll ultimately give this away but go to our website right now and uh you can click on the link and here's all you got to do tell us the team you think is going to win the super bowl Okay, or maybe even the team you want to win the Super Bowl or even a team, you know, isn't going to win the Super Bowl. It doesn't really matter. And then one word, one word as to why 
they're going to win the Super Bowl or how or whatever. Just give us one word, okay? Very simple. can be creative. Obviously, this has nothing to do with actually winning the Super Bowl. We won't even be close to the Super Bowl when we give this away. So we're looking to, to be entertained. We Next week, we will go through these. We'll pick some finalists. Uh, we'll go through them and ultimately we'll select a winner as well. Uh, but a very, very cool thing. We've never given away something like this before, but thought, hey, you know, it's a it's a unique year. Maybe we could do something a little different and maybe it can be different in a good way instead of different in a bad way as much of 2020 has proven to be. So uh, here, there you go. You go to our website right now and you can check this thing out. We've got quite a number of entries in already and we th- that's great. But hey, why not? It's free to enter. You know, it's hard, easy to do. One darn word. Okay, so go ahead and uh, and and uh, and participate in this thing, and uh, and this this baby could be yours—a very very cool piece to get for sure. Coulter, the NBA rumor mill is a swirling as it always is. Tomorrow is the NBA draft. By the way, we'll have the NBA draft for you right here on ESPN Radio. So tune in for that uh, tomorrow. But no, never uh, it's a big in, never, day. never in NBA history have we had the opening of the trade period the opening of free agency, the ability for uh, players that are currently with their teams to sign max contracts and the NBA draft within the same the scope of one week. That's right. Well, and I mean, that's it's obvious why we had a, a, a super late ending to the season. Now they're trying to get the next. I mean, we would have, we'd be in NBA you know, regular season right now if this was, right. you know, if, uh, in a normal year. So they, they're still planning to start this thing on the 22nd of uh, December get in there right before the, uh, the 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 Christmas holiday obviously and and the big day that Christmas is for the NBA but uh, the uh, the draft is tomorrow but the big news right here Coulter is the consideration of James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets now James Harden uh, is the first player in history who has the option to earn 50 million dollars a year yep Playing basketball, yep. a two-year, one hundred and one or one hundred and three million dollars. Okay, so that's, a, that's an extension on top of his three-year, one hundred and thirty-three million-dollar deal that's current. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is. This is true. He has turned that down. Yep. So uh, it ain't about the money for James Harden. Although I think my man's going to be okay in any case, but. Uh, this has certainly amplified, and this is—I say—it's rumor. It's—it's it's more than rumor. I mean, it's reporting. It's talk. You know, it's, no, it's real yep. that he, uh, you know, that, that there's a conversation that about him going to uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and a lot of people thought, well, that would be that would be a, uh, uh, you know, a James Harden for Kyrie Irving type of deal because you know what what in the world how what would the what would Houston possibly get for James Harden player of that caliber but uh, a lot of this is seems to be centering around the idea that he would just simply be going to join them and whatever would be coming back I don't know you know the future of of uh you know of the Brooklyn Nets they already leveraged their future once by the way and it didn't go great and they may have to do it again uh and pe- but people would look at that and go Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving James Harden Wow, look at that trio of players. I know that you, though, have a little bit of an orthogonal view of that, so go ahead. Well, first of all, what the Nets are potentially going to offer include Karis LeVert, who's one of the most underrated players in the league, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was an all-star a year ago, and uh, all future. they're saying all future picks. I don't know what all future picks mean, but basically the quote was all of it, all future picks, all pick swaps, Lavert, 
Dinwiddie, whoever they want, we'll trade them. That seems tenuous at best. I mean, we saw last year the leveraging of the entire future of the franchise by the Los Angeles Clippers mm-hmm. to trade for Paul George to pair him with Kawhi Leonard. And it puts so much pressure on your franchise because then it basically turns it into a two-year championship or bust situation, period, point blank, that's it. And right now we're already seeing it in L.A. with the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George fall short. They don't even, did they even make it to the conference finals? No, they did not. They lost to the Nuggets in the conference finals before they played. In the, uh, the conference semis. Conference semis before they were supposed to play the Lakers and they never got there. And now there's all these rumblings coming out of L.A. You know, Kawhi Leonard's unhappy. He doesn't want Paul George. He wants somebody different. Give me a new wingman. You know, Paul George did not step up to the plate in those conference semifinals. And I thought that that was very striking. But you know, I think that pairing superstars together can work when they're complementary players. And you also need a guy that's going to, if you're going to have three of them, you either need it to be the absolute perfect fit in terms of the way that each of their skill sets complement each other and the way that their chemistry might be able to work out. But more often than not, you need a guy that's going to sacrifice what he's done in the past. LeBron James made it work both in Miami and in Cleveland because Dwayne Wade took a little bit of a sacrifice. Chris Bosh took a huge sacrifice in Miami. Kyrie Irving took a little bit of a sacrifice in Cleveland. Kevin Love took a huge sacrifice in Cleveland. Basically, Chris Bosh and Kevin Love, two of the best post players in the league, had to become pick-and-pop type big guys that had to shoot threes a bunch. And both of them are excellent shooters that became elite shooters for their position. But Kevin Love standing in the corner shooting threes was not what he was made to do. I mean, he was the NBA's leading rebounder for four years in a row before right. he ever landed in Cleveland. So remaking yourself is definitely a key. But then you still, even Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, those guys, although you could argue that both Wade and LeBron are ball dominant, they still can complement each other at times. In Cleveland, they had a perfect formula because LeBron James, on missed shots, LeBron James would run the extended fast break basically as the point guard, and if they couldn't get into some sort of transition, pull it out. Now you give the ball to Kyrie. He can be your ISO scorer. That's all fine and dandy, too. LeBron doesn't have to be an isolation scorer to be able to work within the fabric of a team. Even talking about Kevin Durant in Golden State, that was such a scrutinized move, but... Kevin Durant can be an isolation scorer in the half court. He can also play within the flow of an offense. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. It fits in pretty much seamlessly with what the Warriors already do in terms of moving the ball better than maybe any team in NBA history when you talk about the way that they can. All those guys can play on and off the ball. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. That's why you saw a team that was you know, arguably the best team in the history of the NBA when they were together. To me, I understand that all three, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and... Kyrie Irving are at the very least top 20 players, probably more like top 15 players. I don't know. It depends on where you rank Kyrie. James Harden and Kevin Durant are top 10 players, period. Kevin Durant might be top, you know, we we forgot about Durant. We got LeBron. He might be top one. He might be top one. I think Kevin Durant wants the world to believe he's top one, too. I think that's why he was so surly after the Golden State little run because he thought, hey, I'm going to go to Golden State. I'm going to dethrone LeBron. I'm going to win my finals MVPs. I'm going to get my rings, and then the world's going to believe that I'm better than LeBron James. And no one did, still, even though he did it. He did all of that, and he was very salty about that. Kevin Durant's never gotten the honor of being considered number one, even though he might have been number one all along. He wasn't the number one pick. You know, He hasn't ever been above LeBron in the rankings or whoever might be the flavor of the month. But I just think that when you have – 
James Harden, James Harden is the most ridiculous isolation scorer the NBA has ever seen. He's basically broken the mold to emphasize what the three-point shot and the free-throw line can do to your scoring prowess. He mm-hmm. went from a very good player to a guy who's putting up absolutely historic numbers as a scorer. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is one of the best ball handlers in the league, one of the best ISO scorers in the league, one of the best finishers in the league. Kevin Durant, he, he, he is the best finisher in the league, period. At the rim. For, 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 for being a guard of, of right. his size, right? Yes, right. no question. And Kevin Durant, all the things, everybody knows, all the skills yeah. that Kevin Durant, he's the most diverse, skilled big guy that we've ever seen in basketball, and I don't think, I don't think it's actually even close. Yeah. To me, though, those three, in terms of not only their skill sets clashing, but their personalities and what they've already proven throughout their NBA careers, I think it could be an unmitigated disaster. So what, what does that mean? Was it an unmitigated disaster when you have that much talent? It still means you're making the playoffs, but I do not think that that combo of guys makes you a far out, out and away ch- championship contender or front runner whatsoever. I, uh, I, I tend to share your incredulity on this threesome. Uh, there's a couple reasons why. One is... Uh, the curious move of Jason Kidd bringing in Mike D'Antoni to be on his staff. Mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni uh, w- is a very innovative coach, and even the more so 10, 15 years ago with what he did in Phoenix and and then you know later on in Houston and uh, it, even in New York, right, what he tried to do with Carmelo and stuff. When has that ever ultimately worked? The answer is, as of now, never. Like, well, you know, it, it ha- if you look at the entire history of the NBA, when Paul Westfall started running that stuff with the Showtime Lakers and then he passed that style off to Pat Riley, it did work then. But yeah. I, I agree with what your premise is, brother. But, I mean, the, the, the seven second get a shot up up and down, the whole thing. Like it, It's fun. It puts butts in the seats. We've seen it at, from— and, and it's effective to a point, but it's not championship-level effective. Right. So, now, I'm not saying it can't be. You know, but I'm just saying I haven't, you know, hasn't been as of yet. And again, at the end of the day, it's Jason Kidd's show now in 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 Brooklyn, not Mike D'Antoni's, but he's certainly brought there for a reason. Now, I do think that Mike D'Antoni going up, I think there's been this idea that Mike D'Antoni and James Harden not necessarily had a rift, but maybe also were, you know, maybe sure. had been together just, you know, about long enough or whatever. But maybe maybe this is showing that, that there really is a genuine, you know, uh, uh, affection there and, and, you know, a good relationship, working relationship, whatever. Here's where I think your problem is. And when I say your problem, I don't mean you. I mean, this is why you think what you do. And I am tending to agree with you. Mm-hmm. Answer me this one question. Okay. On what team is James Harden going to be beneficial in what this team is going to do as a team? That all just depends on what James Harden wanted to be. If James the 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 the, the version of James Harden that could contribute to a championship team at a higher level than any other version of James Harden is not the James Harden that's won multiple scoring titles in an MVP the last several years. It's the James Harden that played for the Oklahoma City Thunder when he was, I mean, he came off the bench. People forget, though, when he came off the bench and they played him with Westbrook, James Harden was the point guard, but he wasn't this dribble the ball till it's flat point guard like he is now. Where he plays on the ball now, he's not really a point guard. He's just a scoring machine. He, James Harden is an excellent passer. When oh, James, he's he's... I mean, he, he's been he's been one of the league leaders in assists, even while scoring thirty plus points a game. For sure. Yes. And if he was to sacrifice some of this isolation scoring and high usage rate, and just became like a true point guard, I mean, I think he could be one of the best point guards. I mean, he's so he's so good at getting into the lane and finding contact and then distributing. So if that was the case, if he could remake himself like he he was in his past career, 
then then I think he could be a championship call. Right. And I think the thing that we're that we're concerned about is that we see what James Harden has been since he's been in Houston, which is both the guy but and a huge scoring and an unbelievable talent, but also is he is he is he is he good enough to get your team over? No. And so how's he going to be complimented or complimentary? And it's hard to see that. We also know what Kevin Durant is, and we certainly think we know, right, what Kyrie Irving is. That's the And there's crux. just not enough. There's not enough minutes in a game. There's not enough shots to get up to satisfy them to say nothing of anybody else. So everybody's game is going to have to change in order to make it work. And the question is, whose is it going to be? Because... K- it ain't gonna be KD, and I don't think that Kyrie is willing for it to be. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. So I'm with you. I don't know how this works. Well, it, here, here's the fact of the matter. First of all, there's so many underlying things about Kyrie Irving that I think are gonna make it hard for anybody to really accept him as a true leader with vision that's gonna lead you all the way to the championship. Mm. Can Harden and Durant establish themselves as alpha dogs above him? Because I mean, Kyrie, his exit from Cleveland was was pretty public, and all of his thoughts about you know I don't need to play with LeBron, I'm my own best guy, I made the shot to win the finals. You know, I mean, that that over that that overshadowed the fact that he actually did default to LeBron, and he was a good you know. Lieutenant to LeBron's general when they did win the championship. I, I was just going to say, and what happened when he was that? They won the title. Rings. But here's the, here's the other fact of the matter, though. And, and this is the thing that I think this is all on Kevin Durant. Rather than trying to prove to the world what his reputation is, Kevin Durant just needs to fully and wholeheartedly believe that he's the best player on the planet. Well, I don't think that's a problem. I, I know, but, but Durant has this chip on his shoulder where he's he's always trying to prove people wrong. He's always on Twitter talking to haters, all that stuff. But what I'm getting at, though, is is when it comes down to the NBA playoffs in a seven-game series, if, if really, if you truly want to win a championship, you run the half-court offense and you isolate Kevin Durant every single time down the floor, period. Period, period, period. That's what the Warriors did. That's how they won the championship. And so if those other two guys cannot make a gigantic mess out of the locker room and when it really, I mean, you can experiment all you want. You can have it be your turn one night in Madison Square Garden and your turn the other night when you're playing in Washington, D.C. and your home, you know, it's Kevin Durant's hometown and whatever it might be. Share the wealth, whatever, get in the playoffs. But when it comes down to conference semifinals, conference finals, and NBA finals, if that's where you're at, those two guys are going to have to swallow their pride and just give the ball to Kevin Durant and get out of the way. If they can do that, I think the Nets are a contender. I just don't know how you possibly manage those three egos. I mean, I really, truly, when you talk about the volatility of the me, those three guys are the worst combo in the league you could have. Here, it, the only way it could get worse if you had a Boogie Cousins. Here's where I'm going to play. Uh, what, we, what is it? God's advocate. We're always playing devil's advocate. Sure. Was God's advocate the other side of that? Um, what does James Harden not have that the other two have? Championship. Rings. Yeah. So if you if you're talking about a guy who's already foregoing dollars, quite a lot of dollars, to potentially go over to to Brooklyn, he's got one idea in his head, 
and that is he wants to get a championship. And 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 it's easy to look at James Harden, talented as he is, and think from a basketball standpoint, well, you know, he's selfish. Well, is he? I don't know. If he's that good, I'd probably do what he does too. And by the way, again, the assist numbers don't lie, do they? I mean, I think they don't. So, But what I'm saying is, I think that at this point in his career, what does he have left to prove? One thing, that he can be on a team that wins it all. And what and 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 even just going to Brooklyn to me is sort of an act of deference that it doesn't have to be you and your team that's doing it in order to prove the point at this point. And by the way, this is why I don't fault Kevin Durant for going to Golden State. I really don't. At some point, you go... I don't care how, and I don't care who, and I don't care if it's stacked with all-stars. I have to win a championship. Sure. That's what I'm here to do. It's the only way that a legacy can be cemented and, and, and you know, that you can raise to that next level. And, and James Harden knows that. Yep. And I think we'll be prepared to do on the floor what needs to be done to get there. And, and, and if that's the mindset that he's taking, and I think passing on the biggest per year contract in the history of North American sport is maybe a, a decent indicator that he might be willing to do just that very thing. The The funniest part about this is that we've been hearing since, since the, the New York Knicks went from proud for, I mean, because people make fun of the Knicks, it's been, it's become such a commonplace thing to just make fun of the Knicks. But people forget that the Knicks, not only were they one of the premier franchises in the NBA in the 1970s, winning two championships, but then they were also at least competitive and entertaining. During I don't like, think anybody makes fun of the Knicks. I think everybody makes fun of James Dolan. Well, sure. All I'm saying is that since the end of the the last good New York Knicks run, yeah. when Patrick Ewing retired yeah, yeah. and Pat Riley moves on, and you know all these other guys, Latrell Sprewell and Allen Houston, Larry Johnson, they all go their separate ways, and then they go all in on Isaiah Thomas as the GM, and then all of a sudden they do get a couple marquee free agents like Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire, but then all of a sudden everybody gets hurt. Well, then it's been a train wreck since then, and we've heard for 15 years. Well, what happens when that one superstar goes to to save the New York Knicks, the Madison Square Garden's the mecca of basketball? How fun would it be if the superstar went to the Knicks? They got the money, the blah, 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 blah. I just think it's going to be so funny when the Brooklyn Nets end up with three of the biggest stars in the NBA and the New York Knicks still are out in the cold. The number one thing I've been hearing, though, is where's Russell Westbrook going to go? And I think that could be the most fascinating thing we've seen because Westbrook was a maniac in the couple of years he wasn't playing with Durant. Then he got paired with a bunch of guys where he had to share with them, and that's just not the way that he needs to operate. He just needs to have the ball and go. But imagine if he ends up in a place like Two specifically, the Knicks or the Pistons. Those are the two places he's getting rumored at the most. He's He's got a couple of years left in his prime. Westbrook might just go out and average 40-point triple-doubles. <laughs> it could be outrageous. No kidding. By the way, you're talking about that the, the, the Ewing and, 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 and Patrick Riley Knicks, okay? Do you know how much older I am than any one of the three guys that are going to be superstars in the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, yeah, every, right. you know, they're professionals. They know the history of basketball. I'm not saying that they're they they're very well aware, even more than me, of what what do they what the Kevin new- Durant knows the history of basketball. I am very uncertain about James Harden, and I am pretty confident that Kyrie Irving doesn't know the history of anything. Well, no, I don't know about that. I wouldn't say that. But what I am saying is, it, experientially, the New York Knicks have never 
been a destination for them, other than the fact that it is New York City. I mean, there's always the draw of Madison Square. Let me ask you this. If you are either of those three guys or anyone else in the NBA or anyone else on earth, would you rather go play for James Dolan or Jay-Z? Which which of those do you want sitting courtside? James Dolan in his dopey hat playing some awful guitar or Jay-Z and Queen B sitting there? It's true, man. Okay. Then, then that's all but, you need but, to know. But to, to, to push back on that a little bit, though, in terms of the persona of what you'd want out of a superstar for the New York Knicks, I really think that you couldn't even make up a character as good as Uncle Drew. I mean, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> I mean, right? Like, Kyrie Irving is, I mean, Kyrie Irving is the Rucker Park point <laughs> yes. guard. I mean, yeah. man, like, he's what? Yeah. Here's your homework. Yeah. Here's your homework. You want to watch an epic documentary? <laughs> The kid from Coney Island. It's all about Stephon Marbury. Go watch it. Love Stephon Marbury. Love him. All right. Went long. Quick break on the other side. Maybe we'll get into Theo Epstein stepping down from the Cubs. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Hey, we live in this state so we can enjoy it, right? That's what we're here to be in Montana. If you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, and sometimes, maybe often, it's at the expense of your own free time. Well, that's where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their businesses, which helps you keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up months, uh, previous months' books. How about that? Go online blackbookkeepingllc.com and schedule a free consultation today. Again, blackbookkeepingllc.com for your small business. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Howdy. Brian Tutel here. Colton Nuana is over there. Together we are Tutel and Nuana. It's great to be with you on a Tuesday evening. Hope you're well. Appreciate you being with us. At Gus Tutel on Twitter. That's me at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, just, uh, you know, setting it up for the people. Next week's Thanksgiving. Two tells on vacation. Coulter's going to be here with you next week. Uh, well, not Thursday and Friday. Everybody gets the days off Thursday and Friday for crying out loud. Thir- Thanksgiving weekend. But just so you, can you know. you imagine trying to do a show at four o'clock? What time do you guys usually eat Thanksgiving dinner at? Are you guys early? You know, that is a good question. I, yeah, I would say, I, I think the Thanksgiving meal and like the, you don't have a lot of dusk this time of year, but right, you know, <laughs> yeah. you start at, you know, it's starting to get dark at, at 4.30, right? I think that's right where you sit down, you you clink the glasses. You know what I mean? You get the first football game in and maybe like halftime of the second game. You want to be wrapped up before the kickoff of the Thursday nighter, you right. know? Get it all done, wrapped up before the Thursday. But here's, it is, it is an interesting deal because you're right. If we were on the air on a Thanksgiving Thursday, 
It'd be an uh, excessive amount of yawns and snoozes <laughs> and, and other various guttural noises, which I think people have become accustomed to with us. Uh, but <laughs> it, gonna be- on that particular Thursday, uh, low content, low, like, you know, that's just not all connecting. You know what I mean? Keep it on the docket for the rebrand someday. What's guttural your- noises. That'll be our uh, show. To- <laughs> What's your favorite, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, staple on the food side of things. Mm. This is actually, so I love sandwiches. Mm. So you get to so talk to me about my, Friday. My next day, yeah. when I make, you make the sandwich, you take the, the dinner stuffing. roll and you do the little, just light mayo, yeah. stuffing cranberry and turkey. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. 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 No argument. Uh, Coulter, uh, for what it's worth right here, Theo Epstein is stepping down as the president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs. He's been there nine years. He uh, said at the end of this year that, you know, he felt like it was time to start transitioning into a new role. And that new role, unsurprisingly, is no role. Uh, He will be leaving the Chicago Cubs entirely. Jed Hoyer, who has been the general manager, is going to be promoted to the president of baseball operations and take Theo Epstein's place. Uh, Theo Epstein's uh, overarching memory and memories with the Chicago Cubs will be absolutely glorious and positive. Um, But it is very odd, starting with the... You know, the sort of mutual parting of the Cubs, specifically of Theo Epstein and Joe Madden, and then of the Cubs and Theo Epstein himself in the last several years, with what is still very much the complete core intact of the mm-hmm. group that, you know, broke the streak and won the World Series, first time in 107 years, all that all that stuff for the Cubs, this glorious moment in just 2016, not that long ago, all the same talent, none of the success. And incrementally, in fact, regressing. Mm-hmm. And what was, you know, this this great style and, the you know, the idiosyncratic man that we know to be Joe Madden and the way that he goes about it, which was the perfect fit for Chicago, so quickly became the absolute wrong fit. And I don't know why, and I don't know what happened behind the scenes or through over time, but it wasn't a ton of time. And then the same thing seemed to happen here. And Theo Epstein just seemed almost like, I don't know if losing interest, but you know, you run your course in something and it goes so great. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's a grind. And by the way, the nine years with the Cubs obviously is subsequent to what another decade or so with the Red Sox. So he's been in baseball in prominent position in baseball for a long, long time. He is already a hall of famer. I mean, he is to, to win a world series, you know, being the catalyst, the, 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 team constructor for the Red Sox and ending the 85-year curse for the Red Sox in 03, and then to do the same thing for the other most cursed team in baseball and in an American sport, 107 years with the Chicago Cubs. I mean, he is he is uh, the, the savant, right? The child savant who's now the grown man, still savant, but he's sort of run his course at both these places, and I don't know all the reasons why. Uh, but it's an odd thing to me to see how this has. Uh, yes, it is to see well, how it's happened in, in in both the time frame that it's happened and sort of the style of it. Well, I, I think that it's human nature to gravitate towards comfort, and I think that's why we glorify and sometimes over glorify 
athletes and and sports figures that stay with the same franchise forever. And in certain cases, like Kobe Bryant, the glorification is absolutely justified. Derek Jeter with the Yankees, for sure. But sometimes I think that it, it's overblown. Or I think we also crucify guys a lot at a lot higher level when they don't stay with, with specific franchises. I mean, LeBron James obviously is the top athlete that comes to mind, but there's been a variety of guys that have left. But I think that some of the great minds in sports, particularly when it comes to uh, coaches and uh, sports administrators, have been the guys that have understood the premise that nothing lasts forever. And the best way to accentuate your legend and your reputation is to know when to walk away. Phil Jackson never had to be forced out. He never had to uh, have anything fall apart. He never had to have any controversy. Phil Jackson stepped away both times, both with the Chicago Bulls and the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think that did nothing but accentuate his legend. The same thing with Pat Riley. And we've seen it across the board in a lot of different sports. And I think that sometimes some people, they can stay at a certain spot forever. But other times, I think that no matter who you are, like to me, it's not surprising that Theo Epstein, with his uh, take-no-prisoners way of operating and his brash, you know, brand-new ideas infiltrated into two of the most historic franchises in baseball— it's not surprising to me that it had a shelf life. And I wish that there was just more acceptance of the fact that a lot of things in life, including especially in sports, do have a shelf life. The uh, the, the idea of it having a shelf life and that he would leave after roughly a decade with the team is, is not really the issue. It's more of the how. The Los Angeles Dodgers finally won a World Series, right? right. But they've had great, great talent for several years now. And have been contenders and even, you know, in the World Series, though having not won it until this season, up, you know, up until this point. And there's a lot of reason to think that they're going to be a very, very good team, you know, a favorite to to repeat or be the, you know, the NL pennant winners again next year. And, and in the next couple of years, they look like they have this window. The Cubs were an incredibly young, hugely talented team that got to the mountaintop and won the World Series and have largely not changed the core group that they have had. Now, they've gotten a little older when you talk about the pitching. You know, John Lester, okay, I get that. But they've had a a solid group of starting rotation guys and an unbelievable core of, you know, everyday players, both defensively and hitting the baseball, that just haven't been as good as they were. And the group that you thought would contend year in and year out, not win it every single year, but but be there, has gone from World Series champion to solid playoff run to made the playoffs, didn't do much, to barely made the playoffs on an expanded playoff and lost immediately. And it has just gone backwards every single year with the same group, whereas other teams, the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, they win, and then they don't win every year, but they're there because that group is maintained. This group has been maintained, and something has gone awry. And where and how that happened, starting with Joe Madden, and I believe it was his relationship with Theo Epsi, not even personally, but professionally, uh, there's just a point of separation there that took place, and that had its effect and then you know even again this past year you you see it happening again even with you know david ross and as the manager so i i don't know here's the other thing that i wanted to point out here quickly oh man i know we're up against it everybody talks about the cubs and the red sox is the curse the white Sox 
87 years, more, two more years, in fact, than the Red Sox when they won it. By the way, the year after the Red Sox won the World Series, the White Sox, nobody talks about the, 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 the White Sox and their gap from 1918 to 2004 of winning a World Series well, before they won. I mean, I think it's just cute that they the Red Sox always blamed it on trading Babe Ruth and the Unos of the Cubs blamed it oh, on. So much but run it, for the it, Red if Sox. If there was ever a... a a moment in time where you actually did curse yourself, it's the Black Sox scandal. The last time the White Sox won the World Series. No doubt. Uh, We're giving away some to you next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. As usual, a super long final segment awaits. Two-Tone Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you miss anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you do your podcasts. Google, Apple, Spotify, etc. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. The podcast brought to us by our friends at Blackfoot Communications. Coulter, do you want to give this away now or you want to give it away tomorrow? Let's do it tomorrow. Boys and girls, tune in tomorrow. Coulter's got cards for you. Yeah. Sports cards. Sit down sports cards. Man to alive. Go. Uh, tonight? Akron, Kent State, ESPN, let's go, Maction. What's the point? I you just it's it's football. That's the point. Also, tomorrow the NBA draft will talk more about that. I think you're all lovely. I wish you all my very, very best to tell Nuana's ESPN radio. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. Good night. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.